How to Become a Straight-A Student by Cal Newport One sentence summary. How to Become a Straight-A Student gives you the techniques A-plus students have used to pass college with flying colors and summa cum laude degrees. Without compromising their entire lives and spending every minute in the library, ranging from time management and note-taking tactics all the way to how you can write a great thesis. My favorite quote from the author is, The simple truth is that the brute force techniques used by most students are incredibly inefficient. Cal Newport Cal Newport's message to the world has increased in gravity as he's traversed his own career path. This is the second book he wrote and it focuses on how students can ace college. His fourth and fifth book, for example, now deal with how to find and do great work much later in stages of your career. If you're still in the early stages, then this summary is for you. Cal's blog is called Study Hacks, its original purpose being to help students. And it still is, but has expanded to a lot of other topics as well. Of course, these lessons will help you more if you're in college, but I find they provide a good system for learning in general. Here are three lessons to help you become a straight-A student. 1. Study in focused but short blocks rather than pseudo-working through the night. 2. Find your most common excuses with a work progress journal. 3. Quickly navigate your way through exams with a 3P approach. Do you have what it takes to be a straight-A student? Let's get your equipment ready with these hacks. How to become a straight-A student, lesson 1. Increase focus while studying, decrease frequency. This answers the question, how should I structure my study schedule? I'm 99% sure you already know this and you've heard it tons of times, but I'm also 99% sure that you're still not doing it. So here it goes again. Study for less time, but be really focused when you study. Last minute cramming, pulling all-nighters and 14-hour workdays may feel productive, but really just amount to a lot of what Cal calls pseudo-working, because your concentration takes massive hits from all the interruptions and constant energy drain. The studies Cal looked at agreed on roughly 50 minutes being the ideal study session length. As long as you spend those 50 minutes on nothing but one task, for example studying flashcards or writing a paper, three of these level 10 focus sessions per day will get you just as far as 10 hours spent with an average focus level of three. I'm just making these up to compare them, by the way. The first part of the equation to make this happen is to ruthlessly prioritize and manage your time with a calendar that's always available for you to update and that you strictly follow. Part two comes down to eliminating distractions. No phones, no Facebook feeds, no web surfing and no snacking. How to become a straight A student, lesson two. Keep a work progress journal to uncover your excuses. This answers the question, how can I identify my most common mistakes while working or studying? This is really cool. I think Cal came up with it himself. It's called a work progress journal and it'll help you find and destroy the excuses you make in order to avoid your work. Here's how it works. Each morning, you write down your most important tasks, including classes you have to go to, exams you have to study for, homework you have to hand in, and even chores like fixing the TV or doing laundry. At night, you check off everything you've accomplished. Pretty standard, right? But now, you have to give an explanation for everything that didn't get done. You can bet that having to write down, I watched TV until 2am so I woke up groggy and couldn't focus for the third time really, really sucks. 
and you'll eventually show yourself that it's always the same excuses that keep you from doing what's important. Since it's hard to believe yourself when you say that you really can't change your late night TV watching habits, you'll likely get tired of the excuse yourself. And eventually, procrastinating will become a lot less fun. Cool, huh? How to become a straight A student, lesson 3. Use the three P's to move through exams smoothly. This answers the question, what's the best way to tackle exams in college? When it comes to taking exams, even the most well-prepared mind can take a spontaneous vacation, leaving you in a panic because all of your hard-learned notes seem to have gone out the window. That's why Cal suggests having a step-by-step -step plan in place for every single one so you don't allow anxiety to take over. Cal's recipe is called the 3P approach, and it includes planning, proceeding, and proofreading. In the planning section, you'll simply flip through the entire exam, take stock of what questions you have to answer, and map out a quick order of how you'll tackle the questions. You can also allot some time to each of them. Keep a 10-minute buffer at the end. Then you proceed to answer the questions, starting with the easier ones. Tackling a hard one first puts too much pressure on you, and there's already enough of it thanks to the time limit. So get some quick wins to boost your confidence. After that, you can move on to harder problems. Lastly, use your last 10 minutes and any additional remaining time to proofread and correct any mistakes you find or add important information you previously left out. It's tempting to skip this last part and just finish early, but don't. This kind of deliberate practice is what separates the average from the A student. My personal takeaways from how to become a straight A student for 2017. This is really funny to reread since I started college uh, less than six months ago, again, getting a graduate degree. So suddenly all of this has become relevant for me again. And maybe I can just give you my feedback on on the lessons and what has been my experience with these practices and techniques in the past six months. So for reference, I took five exams in my first semester. Um, I've gotten, I think, four grades back yet. Uh, I passed all of them and I did really well. And I'm, right now I'm averaging a 1.5 uh, average average degree sort of average score and if you're from the US or elsewhere where there's a GPA this is this system is different 1.0 is the best grade you can get and 4.0 is the worst grade you can get over here in Germany so 1.5 is actually pretty decent <clears throat> so the first lesson says to study in focused but short blocks rather than pseudo working through the night first of all i can attest to the fact that this works because I've done it before and I also know why it's because of something called the spacing effect this basically just says that you will remember things better if you leave some time between reminding yourself of them or studying the material so if you study something for 30 minutes uh, five days a week that will work better than if you do it for 2.5 hours straight on one day that's just how your brain works and how, how your brain moves things into long-term memory. So that works. That said, I found myself, I don't want to say cramming a lot, but studying in very long and also focused blocks because I just had to, because I had to 
a lot some days to only work and some days to only studying. At least that's the path I chose because that seemed more efficient for me. So I did study for several hours at a time, especially with simple tasks like summarizing slides uh, and those worked really well. But for everything that required studying and learning things by heart, I would really advise, advise this approach. Uh, I had to take a lot more breaks and I did and that worked well for memorizing things. <clears throat> The second lesson, find your most common excuses with a work progress journal. I think this approach is a great idea. I don't think I've done it, but what I can say is that I think this would translate well to other areas of your life too. So not just school, this would also work well at work, I think. It would probably work well for athletes. Uh, so if you have to give an excuse, for example, for not running, so why didn't you run? Because our excuses in most areas of our lives are really the same. So um, I would just recommend you try that and see if it's for you. I honestly haven't yet, um, but I, I really like the idea. That's why I included it in the summary in the first place. And the last one, that's a really, really good one. The three Ps, planning, proceeding, proofreading. Um, when I read that, I immediately knew, okay, if I ever go back to college, this is going to be it. Uh, and I've done it for every exam. I always flip through, look at all the questions. I then proceed to do the easy ones to get some quick wins, get some points, get my confidence up, then tackle the harder ones. And then always at the end, luckily with these exams, I always had lots of time left over. So always at the end, I would go through again, ask myself again, did I answer this right? Is this the most logical answer? Is this in line with both my gut and my rational thinking all the things through? Um, and I think proofreading is super underrated. So that's probably the biggest takeaway to do some proofreading at the end of your exam. You'd probably be better off doing five minutes of proofreading at the end instead of spending five minutes on another problem you likely won't solve anyways. So I highly recommend trying the 3P approach for an exam or any deadline-based or time-based activity you might have to do for your work for some reason. So that's just my view on the lessons from how to become a straight-A student for 2017. I hope you like them and good luck with your exams.